It's Thursday, July 11th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, we're diving into the social media summit at the White House. We'll connect the dots on who got Cal invites and why some of the biggest players weren't there. Then, teachers are suing the Department of Education. Let's call it a lesson in loan forgiveness. We'll give you the details. And finally, the population is booming, but that's not necessarily a good thing. We're here to make your Thursday smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Fleur. The most complicated story today is about your social. Today, the White House hosted a social media summit to talk about the quote, opportunities and challenges of today's online environment. President Trump has had kind of a love-hate relationship with social media. Big-time user, but also big-time trash talker. And this summit is coming at a time when social media companies are taking heat from pretty much everyone. We're going to get into who was at the summit, what it was probably about, and why President Trump's relationship with social media companies is so complicated. So when you hear social media summit, you might think Facebook, Twitter, Google, YouTube. Not this time. None of those companies were repped at today's summit. The White House hasn't released the guest list, but it reportedly included a number of right-wing Twitter users, lawmakers, and conservative activists and groups, including James O'Keefe, known for putting out highly edited, misleading videos going after liberals and news orgs, a guy named Bill Mitchell, who pushed a conspiracy online that there's a deep state going after President Trump, another guy whose Twitter handle is Carpe Donctum, like Carpe Diem, except Donkum like Donkey. His most recent claim to fame was creating a video showing former VP Joe Biden appearing to massage his own shoulders after being accused of being too touchy-feely with women. President Trump retweeted it, but Carpe Donctum says he got suspended from Twitter recently after posting a video appearing to show the president shooting a reporter. Carpe Donctum has asked reporters not to print his name for fear of harassment. Meanwhile, a political cartoonist named Ben Garrison says he was also invited, but later disinvited, after he was accused of drawing an anti-Semitic cartoon. It's unclear what the goal of today's summit was policy-wise, but a lot of these people say they've been unfairly banned or censored by these social media companies. That's a big talking point lately, that Twitter and Facebook's algorithms make it harder to see posts by conservative media. Here's President Trump on Fox News earlier this month. I have millions and millions of people on Twitter, and it's, you know, it's a very good arm for me. It's great social media, but they don't treat me right. And I know for a fact, I mean, a lot of people try and follow me, and it's very hard. I have so many people come up, they say, sir, it's so hard. They make it hard to follow. What they're doing is wrong and possibly illegal, and a lot of things are being looked at right now. It's not clear what those things are. But President Trump has also accused Twitter of deleting his followers. Twitter says they're deleting bot accounts. Today at the summit, President Trump spoke to attendees. He seemed to say that he used to put out a tweet and see the shares and likes go up and up. But now he says... Now it goes 7,000, 7,008, 6,998. Then they go 7,009... 6,074. I said, what's going on? No, it never did that before. 
It goes up, and then they take it down, then it goes up. I'd never had that. Does, does anyone know what I'm talking about with this? On the other hand, just this week, a federal judge told Trump that he can't block people from following him on Twitter because he's the president. In May, the White House put a call out for anyone who felt like their social media accounts were being banned unfairly. The White House says they received thousands of responses, which led them to hosting this summit. Twitter and Facebook deny targeting people for their conservative views, but they have been putting in place more policies banning misinformation and hate speech. And that has led to account suspensions or bans, including of big-name conservatives. Critics still say they're still not doing enough to stop hate speech and fake news. But it's not like companies are required to do everything necessary to stop hate speech. There's a 1996 law protecting internet companies from being sued over content other people post to their sites. Despite all the gripes President Trump has against social media, there's also a lot of love there. Even with Twitter deleting bots, President Trump still has 61 million followers. He's one of the most followed people in the world. His campaign has bought millions of dollars in ads on Google and Facebook. In fact, his campaign has purchased more ads on Facebook than any other candidate or group. Trump's campaign manager has also gone after social media companies for supposedly blacklisting conservatives. He was at the summit today, too. But the Trump admin has also gone out of its way to protect big tech companies from lawmakers in other countries. France is one of a handful of EU members that have taken big tech companies to task over allowing hate speech. Now France has just approved a tax on big tech companies that do business in France, including Google, Facebook, and Amazon, which are all based in the U.S. In response, the Trump admin says it's investigating France's new tax and has threatened to issue tariffs against France in response. The U.S. trade rep Robert Lighthizer said that the U.S. is very concerned that the tax, quote, unfairly targets American companies. So the Trump administration is standing up for big tech, at least as businesses. President Trump is sending mixed messages about social media. Ahead of the summit today, he wrote this on Twitter, quote, would I have become president without social media? Yes. And then in parentheses, probably. So what's the skim? More broadly, the summit is happening as both Republicans and Dems are taking issue with social media in part for not doing enough to protect people's privacy. But some are saying that the summit could be about something else, 2020. President Trump relied in a big way on the constant stream of online activists who backed him up back in 2016. Lately, the streams have fallen a bit flat, in part because some supporters have been banned from social media. Moderators on Reddit recently quarantined the largest pro-Trump page on the site after users made threats against law enforcement and public officials. So, Some experts are looking at today's summit and saying what this is really about is rallying up the base for re-election season. Coming up, having summers off is kind of the perk of being a teacher, but some are using their time to fight for other perks that aren't happening. That's next. We all know scent is closely linked to memory. At Fleur, they make great-smelling, clean, and sustainable fragrances. Create some special memories this summer with the perfect fragrance from Fleur. Go to Fleur.com today and use promo code SKIMTHIS to get 20% off your first custom Fleur sample set. Pick three cents to try and get credit towards a full-size bottle of your favorite. 
That's promo code SKIMTHIS at Fleur.com to get your first three Fleur fragrance samples at 20% off. P-H-L-U-R dot com. It's summer vacation for teachers, and some of them are spending it catching up on some homework. Suing the government. One of the country's biggest teachers' unions filed a lawsuit against the Department of Education today over something called the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. That program was created back in 2007 by the Bush administration. The idea was to encourage college grads to take jobs in public service, which doesn't pay a lot, by offering to help pay off their student loans. But the American Federation of Teachers says that the program is such a mess that it's actually violating federal law and the Constitution. So, what's going on? The program says that if you become a firefighter or a teacher or a nurse, you could get your student debt wiped clean. Could. There are lots of requirements to be eligible for forgiveness. One, you had to have applied for a loan forgiveness program before. Two, you had to have made 120 loan payments, which usually takes about 10 years. Three, you had to have made each of those payments on time. And four, you had to have paid into a specific kind of loan. That last one in particular has been a catch and cost a lot of people a lot of money. Because if you're not in the right loan program, you don't get help. One of the plaintiffs in the case, Debbie Baker, told NPR that she followed all the rules and kept checking in with the loan officer. And then after 10 years, found out she was in the wrong type of loan. And when this hit, I just, I didn't know whether to cry, throw up, get mad. I just didn't know what to do. I honestly did not think the federal government would do this to someone. The Education Department has said in the past that it's not their fault so many people have been rejected. They say that Congress made the rules when they passed the legislation to begin with. But Democrats on the Hill have said that the department is being too strict. And they're letting the $700 million extra that Congress set aside for the program go to waste. By the end of last year, more than 38,000 people had applied for the expanded program. But reports back in April showed that only 262 of them had gotten a thumbs up. If you're doing the math, that's less than 1%. The plaintiffs in today's lawsuit say they want to get that program fixed. So it meets legal standards and has some sort of appeals process for borrowers who think they've been treated unfairly. A spokesperson for the Department of Ed said that they are, quote, faithfully administering the complex program Congress passed. There's a new name you're going to want to know. Sarah McBride. She's looking to make history by becoming the nation's first openly transgender state senator. She's running in Delaware. The incumbent in her district is retiring next year. But making history isn't a new thing for McBride. She's got a really impressive resume. Back in 2012, she became the first openly transgender White House intern. And she gave an address at the DNC in 2016 the first openly transgender person to speak at a major political party's national convention. Four years ago, I came out as transgender while serving as student body president in college. At the time, I was scared. I worried that my dreams and my identity were mutually exclusive. Since then, though, I've seen that change is possible. 
But she's not waving the rainbow flag alone. According to the Victory Institute, there are already 728 other LGBTQ elected officials nationwide. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from the people of the world. Today is World Population Day. In the late 1980s, there were just 5 billion of us. Today, we're closer to 8 billion. So, we've been pretty busy. To be clear, it's not a party for the planet. Overpopulation contributes to things like global warming, pollution, and the spread of disease. But things are slowing down in some places. People in developed countries are living longer and reproducing less. For the first time ever, there are more people over 65 years old than there are children under five. And fertility rates are dropping. Fun fact, more than 108 billion people are estimated to have lived on Earth over time. So the population of the world right now is about 7% of all the humans who ever existed. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to hit subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. For more Skim, sign up for our morning newsletter, The Daily Skim, at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. 